Good morning, everybody. If you're still in the lobby, we invite you to come on in and have a seat. Lots of room. So we're just here to get the service started for you this morning. Uh, my name is Michelle. And my name is Gail. And we're here to just welcome you. If this is your first time here, special welcome to you. I actually don't see any. Oh, there's... And he was welcome. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you would like to um, go further than this and make a comment on our uh, webpage, there's, you can go to hello at cedarvalley.ca. And those that are um, joining us online, welcome to you too. And the best way to stay informed about things going on in our church and our community is by following us online, either Facebook, Instagram, or we have a weekly email newsletter that we can send out, or if you'd prefer a print copy, we can do that for you as well. And this is the last call for Camp Squia. That is happening May 13th to 15th. So we would love all ages to sign up at the back and just come and enjoy a time, a relaxing time, our food is prepared for us. There's no expectation other than just visiting with one another and building relationships. So we encourage you, if you haven't already, to sign up. Yeah, actually, um, Pastor Grant is up there with the um, BC Conference Youth Impact Retreat this weekend. Um, along with my own kids, Paige and John are up there helping, and a couple of our youth and a bunch of youth from across uh, BC are there this weekend. So you can keep them in prayer, and uh, I think they've been having a, a great time in this weather. Um, for our weekend heading up, at this point, we have not been able to get a hold of a bus to bring people up on the Sunday, unfortunately. Um, but we'd really love for everyone to be there who can. So if you're thinking of heading up just for Sunday and might have room to bring one or two extra people, um, please get back to our church office, especially Carol, and we'd love to be able to get everybody up there if possible. Uh, right after this, the um, team will come up and lead us in worship, and there will be lyrics on the screen, and we really encourage you to um, join in singing with us. And after that, we will be dismissing the kids um, age four to grade six um, for a special service just for them downstairs. And if you're watching online, be sure to check out um, our kids section on YouTube as well. Um, there's a guide for parents to interact along with their kids. Mm -hmm. And um, parents, you do need to sign in your kids at the back. It's very important that uh, we record properly um, who is here, and just uh, that the, you're releasing the kids into our care for this time. And we do have our nursery open this morning as well. Just um, if you go out the lobby, just to the right-hand side there and up the stairs, um, we do have a staffed nursery this morning for uh, infants and toddlers. And this morning, we also have a special guest speaker, Matt Kaminsky from um, Columbia Bible College. He'll bring the message, uh, and he's also um, continuing in the book of Galatians. Okay, so if you'd like to um, just bow with me, and um, we'll just have a word of prayer for the service. Dear Lord, thank you for the congregation meeting here this morning. Thank you that we have the peace and the freedom to meet together this way. We just pray your anointing over this service and over Matt as he brings us the message. Thank you for those who are contributing so faithfully to our church through this time, financially and prayer and volunteer. Um, it's just so appreciated for the running of the church for your kingdom. And we just ask for your blessing this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So just as the worship team is getting set up, if you um, want to turn to your neighbor and sorry, and uh, share your favorite thing about spring. Well, I'll share uh, one of my favorite things. Um, <clears throat> yesterday, we got to just hang out, hang out around a fire pit and have a hot dog roast, just our family, and that was spectacular. It was such a beautiful evening. It was really warm, fresh flowers outside. It was, uh, 
Uh, yeah, just a reminder that you know being outside is just something. There's something uniquely special about being outside. So, as we uh, just continue this morning, we we love to sing. At least I do. These guys do too, and and I know that music speaks to us each differently. But I I, I pray that uh, these words and and these these songs are are just a, another invitation for the Holy Spirit to be here with us and uh, um, a piece of worship that we offer to our Heavenly Father. So please join us. Stand up if you if you can and sing loud if you if you want and uh, praise this morning. Praise our Lord.
They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see me. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. sign once you're signed in and you are going to have a service just for you and those online you may go to cedarvalley.ca slash kids also to have a morning service for your children so you're all dismissed and have fun Good morning, Cedar Valley. I have the privilege this morning of introducing Matt Kaminsky to you. Um, he is a professor at Columbia Bible College, so we're very happy. And um, we've known each other for quite a few years, but we're really excited to have him here sharing his heart with us and what God has put on his heart. Grant, like, has up at Squia, as you've heard. So, um, yeah, we're really thankful for Matt, and I'm just going to pray for you before we start. Sounds good. God, thank you for today and for letting us gather here together, and I just pray over Matt right now that you would give him the words to say, and um, God, that we would have ears to hear and hearts to hear. Lord, help us to, um, to know you better from this and to, um, yeah, just be closer to you by the end of this. I pray a calmness over Matt and just, um, yeah, that you would speak through him today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. You have a little more life than some of my classes that I teach at Columbia Bible College. Sometimes I say that and it's dead silent. And nobody, so then I have to say it again and try to get them woken up and, and present in the moment. Um, so as Leslie mentioned, my name is Matt and I'm very excited to be here. And I have to be honest, I'm a little bit sad that Grant is not here. Grant sent me an invitation to come and I was so excited. And he also said, also, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll say hi to Grant because I'm sure he'll be watching online or he'll see this later. And I'm sure they're having a wonderful time um, up at camp, uh, which is um, important and awesome to invest in uh, teenagers and help them in terms of their leadership and their growth. Um, I want to start this morning by having you participate in a little activity. Okay, so I teach at Columbia Bible College and I help oversee our applied leadership program there. And a piece of the way that I like to teach is have students engaged in the lesson, in class, whether they're having a little conversation or we're doing team building activity and these kinds of things. And it's not all just fun and games while it is those things. There's a point always and tie it in. Uh, but today I want to have you participate and by simply answering a question. You don't have to answer out loud if you don't want to. You don't have to talk to your neighbor. This can be just for you, okay? And this is the way that I start a class that I teach called self-management. So it's very much a self-leadership, self-guided class helping people to learn um, to become more self-aware. And what I share with them is that you have no business leading other people until you can lead yourself really well. 
And part of that is getting to know yourself really well. And so the first question that I have on the screen in class is the one that's going to show up right now behind me. And I want you to answer this for yourself. Okay? Who am I? Okay? I'm going to give you a little time and space to just ponder that. How would you answer that question? Who am I? We all fill out resumes at one time or another, meet somebody we don't know and introduce ourselves. And if you have social media, which some of you may, some of you may not, you fill that out as well. Someone answering this question of who am I? Okay, so I want you to lock in a, a couple of answers in your mind of how would you describe yourself. Okay. And because I am asking you to do this, I'm also somebody that if I'm going to get you to some, do something, I should also do it myself. Uh, so I'm going to share a little bit of who I am. Uh, so if I can go to the next slide, you're going to see a couple of pictures up here. So again, my name is Matthew Aaron Kaminsky. I feel like you give your middle name, and that's just a little more personal. Okay, so Matthew Aaron Kaminsky. I am married to Sarah Jane Kaminsky and have been now for 14 years. Um, she's my beautiful wife. She's a nurse in Abbotsford. And so I'm a husband. And my three kids up on the screen there. So Sullivan is the oldest at nine, Branson is the middle at seven, and Everly is the baby of the family, but she is the boss of the family at four. Uh, so I am a dad. Okay. As mentioned already, I'm an instructor at Columbia Bible College, so I am a teacher. But I'm also somebody that hails from Lloydminster, Saskatchewan. Is there any other Saskatchewan folks in the room? Nobody. So you're not going to like what I'm going to say next, that because I am from Saskatchewan, I am a Rough Riders fan, and I will always be a Rough Riders fan, okay? And I'm proud of that most of the time, most of the time. And I'm also somebody who's really interested and loves being in the outdoors. I love hiking. I love fishing. Um, I'm a woodworker, so I love hanging out in my garage now with my kids. So my garage is not my own anymore. Um, it very much is a place where they build things. And they asked, Dad, can I build something today? He's like, yep, what do you want to build? And Sully came one day and said, I'd like to build an airplane. I said, great. I'm thinking like airplane. Saul goes and gets the two-by-eights that are five feet long, and he builds a biplane that he can sit in. And then I need to figure out what to do with this biplane that's now taking up space, and I can't park in there anymore. But that's a little bit about who I am. And it may be similar to the way in which you would have answered that question in terms of a job or kind of a relationship status, whether you're a husband, a wife, brother, sister, okay, father, mother, the hobbies, the interests that you have. And I think sometimes this is the way that we introduce ourselves and somewhat the way that we are defined by the way that we answer that question of who am I. But the question I want to ask this morning, is that truly what defines us? Is it truly what defines us, the roles that we play, or the hobbies, the interests, the likes, the dislikes, the jobs, or is there more to it? And I want to argue, I think there's more to it. And I think this is a lesson that we are able to pull from Galatians, from this interaction that Paul has from folks there. Uh, so I want to flick to the next slide on the screen and just read our passage for this morning. Hopefully you can kind of see it if you can't read it there. Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 29 picking up where I think Grant left off last week. Okay. And I'll read it to you here. So Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 29. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody, under the law, locked up, until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ... Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. So I just want to pray for us as we continue. Dear God, we love you and we thank you, God, for your presence. We acknowledge that you are here with us this morning. God, we thank you for your word and that is living. God, we thank you that we are able to gather in person, to be here together and to be online as well. 
to worship you, to glorify you, and to learn together. God, what does it truly mean to be defined? What is it that defines us? And God, may we take uh, some lessons this morning uh, from this passage and from this experience of Paul and, and his writing to the church in Galatia and the folks there. And God, maybe we, f- we be able to apply it to our lives as well. So we thank you, and God, pray you, you move and you speak here this morning. Amen. So I wanted to just point out a couple pieces of background, which you may have already covered in some uh, sermons already, in some weekends already, as you've journeyed through Galatians. First one is this, that as word of Jesus spread, okay, more and more people, more and more Gentiles, became believers. Okay. Jesus' life and ministry uh, was something that was radical and changed things. And then Jesus died, and then Jesus rose again, and Jesus, as we even sung this morning, and heard in the scriptures being read, appeared to folks and made himself known and more and more began to believe. Okay. And more and more Gentiles began to believe. And this included the folks in Galatia, which was exciting. Things were spreading. The gospel was spreading. The gospel was becoming real in people's lives. But there's also some Jewish folks, Judaizers, that were going and telling people, Gentiles that were converting and becoming followers of Jesus, that these are some things that you have to do if you want to be saved, if you want to be justified. You must, one, follow the law, know the Torah. You must, if you are male, be circumcised, which I think some would cringe at that fact. But there was these rules, these regulations that were being put on people. That if you want to truly follow Jesus, if you want to call yourselves believers, these are things that you need to do. And this upset Paul. Paul was not happy with this because he knew that because Jesus had come and Jesus had died for everyone, that Jesus, through his death and through his resurrection, fulfilled God's word, fulfilled this law, and destroyed and overcame death in the process. And that following the law and following the Torah and adhering to these things were no longer necessary, that God made himself available to everyone. So Paul is coming in kind of behind these Judaizers and saying, you know, people of Galatia, this isn't true. You don't have to follow this. What you need to do is believe in who Jesus was. Believe in what he did. Believe in the fact that he died for all of you and that you are saved through his death and his resurrection. So Paul is upset, and people were not justified by the works of the Torah. People were not justified by following rules to the T, but they were justified through faith in Jesus and what Jesus did. In Ephesians later, Paul writes, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that none of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Again, I'll say, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that none of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. So Paul is sharing with the Galatians, sharing with Ephesians, that it's not your works of following the Torah and following the law that saves you. It's the grace of God. It's the fact that Jesus came, lived, and died for you. And it's a free gift. And it's then because of the faith in that, the belief in that, that justifies a person. So Paul now is preaching to those in Galatia, trying to kind of undo what the Judaizers were trying to do, to bind these people up, to follow the law and the Torah, become circumcised, follow these rules and regulations, and say that's not what needs to be. And it's not to say that the law was bad. The law was very good. The law was something that helped um, corral and helped to uh, guide and direct people okay, toward God. That they would enter into relationship and that they knew these things would keep them safe. It was also something that was meant to keep people um, somewhat in line. But it was also temporary. And there was a flip side to the law in the Torahs that it, it was a bit of a weight for people to feel the pressure to have to hold to this, to follow it perfectly to a T, to maybe create some other rules so as to not accidentally 
trip up and violate some other laws. And it became a heavy burden for people. But when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law on Israel's behalf. He fulfilled the law on everyone's behalf, including us today. And because of Jesus' love, everyone is able to come to God no matter their ethnicity, no matter their gender, no matter their background, no matter whether or not they follow the rules to a T. That God's love is available for everyone, that salvation is available for everyone because of the grace that God exhibited. Not because we can follow things to a T or works that we do, but because of grace. And it's through faith and belief in that fact that we are then justified and saved. Sin has been defeated and there is freedom. There is freedom, which is good news. And and Paul is going around to these churches proclaiming this fact that there is freedom because of what Jesus has done for you. And that's true for us today. There is freedom because of what Jesus has done for us. We've come through Easter season celebrating and remembering this fact that Jesus came and lived and ministered. Jesus died for us, but defeated death in the process. And that freedom now is available for everyone. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I don't know about you, but sometimes maybe you feel there are weights and there is heaviness. I was trying to think of a fun, like, creative analogy for this. I told my wife, I'm going to take, like, a backpack and I'm going to fill it with a bunch of rocks and I'm going to wear it the whole time and it's going to look really strange. She said, no, don't do that. So maybe picture this, that I'm carrying a backpack around. This is full of rocks. Like, this is what this oppression, this pressure that the Judaizers were putting upon Galatia was going to be. It was a heavy burden to have to follow these rules and these laws to a T, to have to go and be circumcised. If I want to follow Jesus, I want to be saved. But the reality is that Jesus already did the work on all of their behalf and all of our behalf. And what we simply need to do is accept that and believe and have faith. And in that we are saved and we are free. And it's a beautiful thing. So it's not following rules to a T that define us. It's not following the Torah that defined the Galatians. And then the question becomes, what is it? Uh, So I want to share a few things in terms of a lesson here. Um, But I'm going to read a little excerpt from Henry Nouwen's book, Spiritual Direction. I do this in class as well uh, to kind of drive home this point for people, because they answer the question maybe similar to the way that you did, that who am I? I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a teacher, I'm a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan, I'm an outdoorsman, I'm a craftsman, you know, whatever your answers were, but is that truly what defines us? I want to read a little bit of what Henry Nouwen says in terms of even his journey in trying to understand who he is and what defines him. He says this, For many years, I had read and reflected on and taught the gospel words in Luke chapter 3, in the story of Jesus' baptism. But only in my later years have they taken on a meaning far beyond the boundaries of my own religious tradition. God's words, you are my beloved, reveal the most intimate truth about all human beings, whether they belong to any particular tradition or not. The ultimate spiritual temptation is to doubt this fundamental truth about ourselves and trust in alternative identities. Sometimes we answer the question, who am I, with the response, I am what I do. When I do good things and I have a little success in life, I feel good about myself. But when I fail, I start getting depressed. And as I get older and can't do much, all I can say is, look what I did in my life. Look, look, I did something good. Or we might say, I am what other people say about me. What people say about you has great power. When people speak well of you, you can walk around quite freely. But when somebody starts saying negative things about you, you might start feeling sad. When someone starts talking against you, it cuts you deep to your heart. 
Why let others, what others say about you, good or ill, determine who you are? You might also say, I am what I have. For example, I am a Dutch person. Henry now a Dutch person. I'm not a Dutch person. I lost my spot. With kind parents, a fine education, and good health. But as soon as I lose any of it, if a family member dies, if my health goes, or if I lose my property, then I can slip into an inner darkness. How much of our energy goes into defining ourselves by deciding, I am what I do, I am what others say about me, or I am what I have? When that's the case, life often follows a repetitive up-and-down motion. When people speak well about me and when I do good things and when I have a lot, I'm quite up and excited. But when I start losing, when I suddenly find out that I can't do a task anymore, and when I learn that people talk against me, when I lose my friends, then I slip into a pit. What I want to say to you is that this whole zigzag approach is wrong. I'm not what I do, and you're not what you do, or what others say about you or what you possess. You are God's beloved. I hope that you can hear these words as spoken to you with all of the tenderness and force that love can hold. My only desire is to make these words reverberate in every corner of your being. You are beloved. The voice that speaks from above and from within whispers softly or declares loudly, you are my beloved son or daughter. On you, my favor rests. It certainly is not easy to hear that voice in a world filled with voices that shout, you are no good, you are ugly, you are worthless, you are despicable, you are nobody unless you can demonstrate the opposite. These negative voices are so loud and so persistent that it's easy to believe them. That's the trap of self-rejection. It's the trap of being a fugitive, hiding from your truest identity. Jesus' temptation in the desert described in the Gospel of Luke are temptations to move him away from his core identity. He was tempted to believe he was somebody else. You are the one that could turn stone into bread. You are the one who could jump from the temple. You are the one who can make others bow uh, to your power. Jesus said, no, no. I am the beloved of God. I think this whole life is a continual claiming of that identity in the midst of everything. There are times in which he is praised, times when he is despised or rejected, but he keeps saying, others will leave me alone, but my Father will not leave me alone. I am the beloved Son of God. I am the hope found in that identity. The greatest trap of life is not success, popularity, or power, but self-rejection. Doubting who we truly are. Success, popularity, and power can indeed present a great temptation, but their seductive quality comes from the way they are part of the much larger temptation of self-rejection. When we have come to believe that the voices that call us worthless and unlovable, then success, popularity, and power are easily perceived as attractive solutions. How quickly we give in to this temptation of self-rejection. For example, I remember speaking to thousands of people, and many would say, that was a wonderful what you said. But if one person would stand up, hey, I thought it was a lot of nonsense. That was the only person I would remember. Whenever I feel criticized, rejected, or left alone, I find myself thinking, well, that proves once again that I'm nobody. Instead of taking a critical look at the circumstances or trying to understand my own and others' limitations, I tend to blame myself, not just for what I did, but for who I am. My self-rejection says I'm not good, I deserve to be pushed aside, forgotten, rejected, and abandoned. But that's not true. Because you are beloved. And that's where your identity rests. So I think this is something similar that Paul was trying to teach the Galatians. 
that it's not about whether you follow these laws to a T or if you know the Torah or if you're circumcised or not. That's not what defines you. What defines you is the fact that God created you out of love in his image. What defines you is that his son came to this earth, loved you, died for you and defeated death. And what defines you is that out of love, his Holy Spirit is within you. And all you need to do is accept that and believe, have faith, trust. It's not out of your work. You did nothing, but Christ did it all. It's because of his grace. And that's what defines you, that you are beloved. So I want to kind of give you kind of this takeaway, this idea that it's not what you do. It's not what others say about you. And it's not what you have that defines you. It's not the law. It's not the rules. It's not the lies that maybe you believe that defines you. What defines you is the fact that you are a child of the king. And my hope is that you can take that truth with you this morning, that it sits with you. All those things that you use to describe that question are not bad things. The fact that I'm a husband and a father and a Rough Riders fan, it's not a bad thing. Those are descriptions of who I am. And they're things that very much go into shaping who I am. But I think truly when it comes down to it, at the core of who I am and who you are and who we are, we're children of the king. And I think it's so important. I agree with Henry now on this idea that there's a lot of lies, there's a lot of things within our culture that would tell us otherwise. But I want you to hold on to that truth. And it may be something that you already know, and if you already know that, I love that fact. And keep holding to that. If this is something that hits you this morning, I want you to claim that truth. That you are beloved. You are beloved. You are beloved. And that's what defines you. One thing that Sarah and I and our family, uh, that very much was a part of her growing up years, uh, that we've tried to somewhat hammer into the kids, is that phrase, you're a child of the king. When I first heard um, about Sarah, when she was growing up, she was a little girl, and her dad is a pastor, a mom pastor's wife, and very intentional about their growing up. And any time that she would leave the house, they would say to her, Sarah, whose child are you? And little Sarah Jane would say, I'm a child of the king. And I truly believe that that understanding from such a young age has shaped who she is today and is something that we are trying to ingrain in our kids. So if you say to our kids, whose child are you? I'm a child of the king. That I think having that belief is such a gift and it's something that I desire for our students, the students that I teach, that in their growing awareness of who they are, they can come to this place of confidence, not arrogance, but confidence, that they are children, sons and daughters of the king. And that out of that, they can lead and they can go into ministry and work in the business or whatever it is they do. And that's, still, that's true for you as well. As you engage in relationships, as you engage in your family, work, hobbies, whatever it may be. Those things are good. They describe you, but they don't define you. You're children of the king. So i got a couple questions that I would love you to ponder and these may be just simply on your own accord. I'll read them out to you just as you take these away. But curious, okay? what rules are holding you custody? So in our verse this morning, it talked about the fact that the law, we were held in custody by the law. Again, not a bad thing. It was helping keep people in line, but it became a weight. It became this backpack full of rocks that people are always carrying around trying to hold really well. So I'm curious in terms of your own pondering, is there rules that are holding you custody? Okay. Is there lies that you are believing okay. when it comes to who you are? Okay. Thirdly, what voices are you listening to? Is there voices within our culture you know, within our cities around us that are louder? Or is the voice of God the one you're listening to and the one you're hearing? 
do you hear that understanding that you are beloved? Or does it get drowned out? And lastly, based on the answers to those questions, is there something you need to change in your own life and in your own understanding as you move forward with that understanding that you are a child of the King? And that's what defines you. So that's my challenge to you this morning. Is that as Paul was going out to Galatia and trying to undo what the Judaizers were doing, that you must follow the law, you must follow the Torah, you must be circumcised unless you do that, you have no part in following Christ. Paul's like, nope. Jesus already did the work. Through grace, he died and defeated death for you. So have faith and believe. Live well in response, not live well to earn. And the same is true for us. So I'll pray for you and then send you. I don't know what happens next. I'm the, I'm the new person. I'm the rookie. I'm the guest here. So I don't know what happens next after that. Uh, but let me pray and then I'll, I'll find out what happens next. Dear God, we love you so much. God, thank you that you love us, that out of that love, God, that you created us in your image. God, that because of that love, you sent your son to this earth to be an example for us, but ultimately to die for us and to save us from sin and death. And God, thank you that out of your love, you have sent your Holy Spirit to live among us and in us. God, may we be people who truly understand and truly hold tight to this understanding that we are children of yours. We are sons and daughters of the King. And that out of that truth, God, that we would reflect your kingdom well in this world and in our families and in our friend groups, in our cities. God, that we wouldn't be drowned out by the lies that are told and that are shared or on the news, but God, that your truth would live in us. And that we would reflect that very well. So we love you. We thank you again for opportunity to be here in person, to be online, and to be learning from your word that is alive. So God, we are children of the King, and for that we are thankful, and we love you. Amen. So, thanks so much, Matt. Yeah, you can, you can just stay up here. It's funny, actually, we were talking before the service, and I, I used to define myself as an athlete, played volleyball, and, and our, our actual careers briefly crossed at the end of mine while I was still playing at Trinity. He was playing at U of S and then moved to CBC. So, but I, I, can't, I can't define myself as that anymore because I've got a sore back and I can't jump anymore. Me neither. But <laughs> it's funny how that's such a, it's a simple example of how our, our, our earthly definition does change so quickly and especially as we get older, it's like where we fundamentally found, find our, our identity is so important. So thank you for that message this morning. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, as you go this week, just remember where we, where we just base ourselves, that cornerstone in which we rely. So thanks so much for your message this morning. Go in peace this morning and uh, share that message with somebody too, somebody that might be a little down or uh, trying to figure out what their purpose is, or who defines them and what defines them. Remind them that Jesus, the rock. Amen? I'll just add, maybe as somebody leaves your house for the day, you just say to them, whose child are you? <laughs> I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. And you keep going. Amen. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for coming this morning. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Go in peace.